0: Love, Hope, Radio. Welcome to the Parkinson's Recovery Radio Network. This is Robert Rogers. If you're looking for a place to go to be able to get great ideas for what you can do if you have the symptoms of Parkinson's to get wonderful and sustained relief, you have arrived at the right place and the right time. For your information, however, and if you're listening to this live, know that all of my radio shows are archived. You can download any of the shows that I have aired over the past year to your computer or your MP3 player. If the show is loaded to your MP3 player, you can listen while you are exercising. We will be doing our Jump Start to Wellness live program in 2010 In October, in the wonderful city of San Diego, California, I have a July 4th 50% discount off of the tuition special that I'm going to be telling you about at our break. But now, I want to introduce to you our very special guest. This is the second interview with Dr. Lori Mishley that I have aired. The first was aired last week. And let me say at the outset, if you haven't had an opportunity to listen to the interview which I aired with Dr. Michley last week, and if you are interested in finding ways to get sustained relief from the symptoms of Parkinson's, make it a must-to-do on this July 4th holiday weekend. Those of you who are not uh, United States citizens or Americans, July 4th is basically a particular Independence Day for us. But make it an Independence Day for you from the symptoms of Parkinson's. And not only will you want to listen to my interview with Dr. Mishley today, but also be sure to visit the interview with her last week. Do you have a particular form or type of exercise that you recommend for individuals who have the symptoms of Parkinson's?
1: I recommend that everybody keep active. Um, whether you have Parkinson's or not, the, the benefit of staying active cannot be over, understated, overstated. It, is, um, it, it truly, the adage, use it or lose it, is truly applicable to the human body. and um, with Parkinson's, there are obvious certain challenges that come with mobility, and and it's hard to ask people to use their body when something as simple as taking a step can be a chore. And so again, you cater this to the needs of the individual and the symptoms of the individual. But I find that things that are rhythmic are very very helpful. Um, bicycles are excellent, and you know some people ride. You know here locally we have a cycle to Portland. Um, Ride every year, and it's impressive the number of you know Team Parkinsons has a huge turnout every year, and and, and that's great. Um, and if you're not up for rides around the neighborhood or or these long bike trips, stationary bikes, recumbent bikes for people who who or have more advanced disease or or are more elderly, um, those tend to be great. Um, certainly, most people by now are familiar with some of the research on dance and Parkinsons that. Um, that the symptoms of Parkinson's really tend, tend to be decreased or move out of the way when, when one is dancing. Um, I, I've had many patients say how much better they move when they can get their mind and head out of the way, just trust their body to, to do what needs to be done. Um, tai Chi is not only wonderful exercise, but it, is, it, is, it, has, it incorporates some of that rhythmic movement. It incorporates meditation. And there's a routine to it and so you can work on the flow and really getting your head out of the way and certainly yoga here in Seattle we're very fortunate to have some excellent yoga teachers who specialize in Parkinson's disease and so I would say you know three four days a week somewhere in Seattle there is a um, yoga class specifically for people with Parkinson's disease and the teachers are wonderful some some people get pushed just like anybody else would be pushed and, and other people are accommodated with chairs and bands and blocks, however they need to be accommodated, but everybody walks out feeling like they've gotten something out of it. So um, I, I look forward to more cities around the country and around the world being able to offer classes that cater to individuals' needs like that.
0: Dr. Mishley, you have just released a book that has a most engaging title, Natural Therapies for Parkinson's Disease. Tell us all about your book.
1: Well, the book was born out of, um, you know, I, I you know, there are only so many patients one can see in the course of a week, and, and the number of people calling looking for this information exceeded what I was able to hand out. And so what started out as a few handouts that I was giving out to people at lectures and presentations, um, I, I found myself repeating a lot of the same information and people clearly asking for me to repeat it and, and tell them more. And so what I have basically done is, is taken what I tell my patients, you know, hour after hour here in the clinic, what we walk through and when people ask about Coenzyme Q10, um, I, I've laid the book out in a question-answer format so that what I'm basically doing is, is the entire book, I'm answering patients' questions. I'm telling them when they ask a question, how does this work, why would I use this, is it worth the cost, do I need a special brand, what I do is question by question I go through and I answer the questions and that's ultimately what's been published. Um, what I've what I've done too at the end that I think has probably been very helpful for people is the the science of alternative medicine is really evolving and so people don't know how to compartmentalize it how to think about it how it fits with conventional medicine i've, I've devoted some chapters to what do you need to tell your conventional doctor what if your doctor is not supportive of you being on alternative therapies um, are there any drug nutrient interactions that you need to be concerned of about i've put i've put covered all of those chapters but the other thing that i've done is help people really cognitively get a grasp of what it is that we're talking about here with with alternative medicine. So often people will come in and they're on a list of 20 things and, and they honestly can't even remember why they're on some of what they're on. Somebody They read someplace that this might help and somebody's sister told them to take a little bit of this. And so what I really encourage people to do is, is claim the situation and get control over their own health care. Why are you on what you're on? What are we trying to accomplish? How can we evaluate if it's working or not? At what point do we know that we're on the right track? And so at the end of the book, I've I've summarized the entire book in basically one chart that that breaks up our goals, um, the goals, my goals for treating my patients with Parkinson's disease is not just this decrease the symptoms of Parkinson's is is a very small part of what we're trying to do. Um, What I've done is there's an entire section on here are the nutrients and supplements and foods and things that I recommend if your goal is to encourage the function of your brain and to protect your neurons from cell death. And, And there are very specific recommendations to that end. If your goal is symptom management, my doctor's telling me my disease has progressed enough that I now should start levodopa. I really, really don't want to start levodopa for these reasons. Is there anything else? Yes, there are natural herbs, met plants, that contain levodopa, and they're quite effective. Here, if your goal is symptom management with Parkinson's, consider these th- alternative therapies or natural therapies. If, if, you come, if patients come in and their goal is um, they're having a lot of on-offs they've been on levodopa for 10 years and, and they're getting to that point where the, the the medicine works for them sometimes and betrays them other times and, and they're sick of the on-off and unreliability of their conventional medicine. There are nutrients and things that you can do that will actually allow you to re- effectively reduce your dose of levodopa without losing the efficacy. And so depending on, um, and then there's another section that outlines how to reduce medication side effects, if, you're, if your goal, you know, you get nauseous, you, again, back to the on-offs, you have dyskinesias from your medications, here are, here are a couple things that you can do that will accomplish that goal. And so what, what I've tried to do is make it so that, you know, there are probably 50, 50 different natural therapies that are, have been chapter by chapter laid out what I've tried to do at the end is make it so that people have a, a cheat sheet to help them hone in on what exactly are you trying to accomplish here. Is Are there things that everybody with a diagnosis of Parkinson's should be on? Or are there things that you just don't need? At some point they may be useful, they may be useful for your friend or your neighbor, but they're not at all applicable for you and they would be a waste of your time and money. And so I've tried to make that um, easy for people at the end. and then. Um, the other thing that I've tried to do as much as possible is set it up as a reference manual so that it is not a book that you need to sit down and read cover to cover. If somebody asks you, do you take green tea? And are you on do you Do you take glutathione or alpha-lipoic acid? And you don't know the first thing about alpha-lipoic acid. You don't know what it is or why you would take it. You can, neurologists or patients, or family members can open up to the page on alpha-lipoic acid, and very quickly get an overview: what is it? Where does it come from? What does the research say about Parkinson's disease and lipoic acid? Might I want to take it? What dose? And where might I get it from? And so. Um, I've tried to make it as much as possible an easy read, a reference manual, um, where possible. I've included little boxes for your physicians where um, people who might want a little more science, they want to understand the mechanism by which some of these things are working. I've included boxes set off to the side that, that the lay population can ignore if they want to ignore it or people who are have a better understanding of science and neuropathology can get a little more information if they want it. And so um, as much as possible, it's a reference. I, I tried to make it an easy read and is, is increase the utility of the book as much as I was able to.
0: At least 99% of the people who are listening to this discussion of your new book, Natural Therapies for Parkinson's Disease, or at this point want to know the answer to the question, how can I buy your book?
1: Amazon. Amazon. It's on Amazon. Um, I worked with a local publisher, Coffee Town Press, who has been absolutely wonderful to work with. And um, you can either get it through the Coffee Town Press website or Amazon, whichever is more convenient.
0: And the title of the book, again, is Natural Therapies for Parkinson's Disease. What does it take, in your opinion, for a person with Parkinson's to begin getting sustained relief from their symptoms?
1: A commitment to a certain lifestyle, truly. Um, one of the things that is covered in the book is, is how we eat and the, dietary, the nutritional and dietary components of Parkinson's disease. And what we know is that there really is a way to eat that is protective against Parkinson's and most other neurologic disorders, and that there's a way to eat that that lends to the development of certain neurologic diseases. And so, you know, um, one example of this is carbohydrates. You know, we we in America tend to have uh, uh, affinity for pasta and bagels and breads, and and it's it's a it's a cultural norm to have a pastry for breakfast and a sandwich for lunch and pasta for dinner, and that's that's not that's not the way to encourage neurologic health for the long run. And so those you know most people are okay taking a couple pills or supplements here and there. That's that tends to be pretty easy. People are motivated. They hate the disease. They want to do what they can. Um, and and Taking a supplement or two here or there, a little bit of fish oil—that's easy for patients. What's difficult are the lifestyle changes that require um, grocery shopping to be different, meals to be different. It affects your partner and your kids and your—and so um, what I what I try to do is talk to people about how to be moderate. You know, you don't need to take anything to extremes. It doesn't mean you can never have a sandwich or a pastry or a pasta again. But how do you how do you make that shift? So that what was your norm two years ago is not going to be your norm two years from now. And how do you slowly make that change? And, and the dietary changes, the nutritional changes, are, I think are the ones that are most difficult for patients. Um, I also think they're the ones that are the most fruitful. And, and the patients who I think really do the best are the people who come in with an open mind and say, what do I need to do to make this disease not take over my life? Those are the people who, five and ten years later, are actually doing really, really well.
0: You've had an eloquent explanation of carbohydrates. Uh, is it okay for people to have an ice cream
1: every day? <laughs> um, no, it's not. Um, so so there have been three studies done and that are called are called prospective observational studies. They're epidemiologic studies, which means we don't study people with Parkinson's and look backwards. Um, what happens is studying food and disease is really difficult. If you take a group of people with Parkinson's, say we take 100 people with Parkinson's, and we say, what do you eat? We know it's not just Parkinson's for any disease. People inaccurately report what they eat. They don't realize that there was a tablespoon of butter on that in that croissant that they had at this morning. They don't realize that there was egg in their whatever. And so um, it's really, really hard to have people report accurately w- what they're eating. It gets even more difficult if you say, what were you eating a year ago? What were you eating five years ago? What, how many servings of ice cream did you have 15 years ago? And, and so what happens is when you take a disease and look backwards, the, the further back you look, the more inaccurate the data becomes. And so when we really want to study, are there ways to eat? Are there things that people do that increase or decrease their risk of developing Parkinson's? From a research perspective, the best way to do that is something called a prospective study where you take thousands of people in the population who are young, they're healthy, and everybody, a couple times a year, sits down and and says this is exactly what I have for breakfast, this is exactly what I have for lunch, these are my snacks, these are my dinners, this is my ice cream snack, this is my soda consumption. And and we get to fall follow- And so every periodically people commit to filling out these forms for 20, 30 years. And so what researchers are then able to do is very accurately say, hey, people who did this in their 20s have an increased or decreased risk of developing this disease in their 50s or 60s. And so those studies are obviously very expensive, they're very difficult to do, they uh, require tens of thousands of people. Um, The Nurses' Health Study is one of them, the Physicians' Follow-Up Study is another, there was one called the Hawaiian Health Study, those are the three that have looked at nutrition and Parkinson's disease. All of them had thousands and thousands of people in the studies. But those three studies have all asked the question, is there anything that people are eating early in life or throughout their life that increases their risk of developing Parkinson's disease and interestingly all three of those studies came up with one food and one food only and it was dairy all three studies said the more dairy an individual eats over the course of their life the more likely he or she is to develop Parkinson's disease the, the, the correlation was stronger for men than it was for women but nobody's really studied this we don't know what this means we don't know why there are a bunch of theories Um, dairy certainly tends to be a very constipating food Um, people are asking could there be a toxin in the dairy that a neurotoxin I mean, we just don't know people are throwing out ideas but nobody has really gone back and said hey three for three studies have drawn a link between dairy consumption and parkinson's why is this what could this be and so that's where we're at that's all we know is that those three studies what I just told you, um, and no one's really sure what to do with that information. There's never been a single study done that says if you, if you have Parkinson's disease and you take it out, it'll change the course of your disease. Um, and it's not that it will or it won't. We don't know. The study has never been done. Nobody has ever asked that question and studied outcomes. And so right now, people are kind of forced to make a decision. Do I wait until the study is done, do I wait until a couple scientists someplace Decide to tackle this research question, and I'm going to keep eating ice cream every single day until they have an answer for me, or, hey, ice cream is good, but it's not, it's not that good, you know. <laughs> I, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna switch over to sorbet. <laughs> and so when we say dairy, um, you know, just for for people who who aren't familiar with what exactly that means, dairy, we're talking milk, cream, butter, cheese yogurt, sour cream, cottage cheese, ice cream are probably America's most frequently consumed sources of dairy. All the food that people really love to eat. <laughs> right. Well, you know, right. And so when, when you were saying how, what lifestyle changes or what changes do people make that lends to success here, you know, we just talked about the excess consumption of carbohydrates. And, and now we're talking about this link between dairy and Parkinson's disease. It is a major lifestyle change for people to curb their dairy and carbohydrate consumption and so but but the flip side to that is what is left are fruits vegetable meat beans legumes fish I mean you end up filling your stomach with foods that tend to be much much more nutrient-dense have much more to offer I mean, a bowl of ice cream and a grilled cheese does not have a lot of nutrition behind it. And so if if you take those foods out, you have no choice but to fill it up with, you know, rice and chili and fish and broccoli and, and some of the better foods. And so, some um, you know, it, we accomplish two things. We take out things that are potentially harmful, but you replace it with things that actually have some medicinal value behind them. So we don't know. Is, is the benefit from taking the carbohydrates and dairy out, or is the benefit from what you replace it with? We just, we don't know. This all needs to be studied yet.
0: As you mentioned, too, there are alternatives to dairy. For example, sorbet and many other products that do not use dairy ingredients, but they taste a lot like dairy.
1: Oh, sure, sure. I mean, there there are, I mean, I'm speaking from Seattle, (laughs) and so I realize that that's not most people around the country do not have the luxury that we have here. I, I have co- labeled us the elitist food capital of the world. <laughs> and, and you can. You can walk into Fred Meyer and, and have an entire six-aisle section of health foods to choose from, most of which are dairy-free. It's, it's really, really easy to eat the way I'm <laughs> suggesting you eat here in Seattle. I grew up in northern Michigan. I go back to Michigan for a few weeks every year, and it's not that easy it is not that easy to get alternatives. And so what you need to do is um, really, really approach this slowly and and be uh, – what I emphasize is you make these changes in a slow, sustainable way. I don't want anybody doing a radical dietary shift overnight. You know, what ends up happening is people live off chips and salsa for the next month and then they get annoyed with the diet and the restrictions in me (laughs) and the pendulum swings and they eat three tubs of ice cream and it it, it doesn't work like that. And so what I have people do is don't create extra drama here. Realize you've been eating this way for the last 60 years. It doesn't need to change right now today. But but what you can do today is, is go walk through the aisles of the grocery store and just make a list of some of the things that you enjoy that don't have extra carbohydrates and dairy in them. You know, and and that might be chili I, I listed earlier. Um, oatmeal for breakfast is excellent. A lot of people um, locks eggs, scrambled eggs for breakfast. Um, you know, most most meals around our house are you know a grain, some rice, you know fish, poultry for dinner with some vegetables. That's not an uncommon dinner for most people. Um, somebody came out. With, uh, uh, Michael Pollan came up with a wonderful book a couple months ago called food, Ru- food Rules. And they're just simple rules to eating. And they're not that different than the ones that I'm suggesting here. But one of his rules is if your great-grandmother wouldn't recognize the food, don't eat it. <laughs> and so, you know, I think that's an easy way. It, it, it's an easy way to eat if you just stick to whole foods. You know oh, carrots, I know those those, those come from the ground that 's familiar to me let's let 's have carrots with your chicken and rice and um, so you, you do not need to be as limiting as one would imagine, but I do encourage people to first and foremost in- increase the list of foods that you like, Ex- expand your repertoire of foods that you already eat and that you enjoy. That that do not have dairy in them, or or you know whole or excessive carbohydrates, and then slowly start trying more and more things. I mean, most cultures outside of Western Europe and America eat the way I'm suggesting people eat, and so what I will often do is, you know, send people to, um, you know. Oh, um, you know most Medi- Mediterranean food works. I'll send people out to the Ethiopian restaurant to get um, legumes, and and teff is a is a different grain. And so again, we have the luxury here of of being able to choose choose your country of origin and go see what foods people eat there. And so I will often direct people to cookbooks from South America and Africa and the Mediterranean region. And and really um ex- get more legumes in the diet, more beans, more more vegetables, different, you know, meat that is not the same, you know, two or three types of meat that people eat here, but, you know, expand expand the options. Expand the diversity of what you eat is a better strategy than just de- depriving yourself of the things that you can't have.
0: We'll be right back with Dr. Lori Mishley after this short station break i'm robert rogers this is parkinson's recovery and you're listening to my pre-recorded interview with the naturopath doctor lori Mishley, who has worked extensively with individuals who have the symptoms of parkinson's and as you can well tell has incredible suggestions for individuals of what you can do to get relief from your symptoms this is july fourth holiday weekend for everyone at least who are americans To celebrate this, my question is, what are you planning to do this holiday weekend? Hopefully, you're planning on having a lot of fun and doing some different kinds of things. Are you perhaps also planning on focusing some attention on what you might consider doing that you haven't done yet to be able to get relief from the symptoms of Parkinson's? Well, I do have a suggestion for you, particularly during that afternoon or that morning when you're thinking, gosh, I've got all this free time. What am I going to do now? I have a window of three days that I've opened up in celebration of Independence Day so that everybody can have to have an opportunity to get greater independence from whatever symptoms you might experience in the moment to be able to get access to the Parkinson's Recovery Member website. You can get information about that by visiting the website parkinsonsrecovery.org O-R-G so that's the word Parkinson's without an apostrophe joined together with the word recovery.org You can sign up and get three-day free access to the member website. Many of you may wonder, how in the world does Rogers spend his time? I know he does the radio program, but there are a lot of other days of the week. What else does he do? Well, once you get onto the member website, you'll be able to see the wide range of information that I post on the member website every day. So I spend quite a bit of time thinking of approaches and ideas for what people might consider doing that i believe will provide ways to be able to get relief from the symptoms of parkinson's i'd really quite frankly like everyone to be able to get into the uh, member website and pull down uh grab save to your computer whatever information you think might be useful or valuable you can cancel your subscription before the 3 days are out and not pay anything whatsoever so it's not a question of of uh, subscription fees whatsoever. There's another good reason, and that is that I have a digital copy or a desktop copy of my book, Road to Recovery from Parkinson's Disease. So you can actually get onto the member website, and you can download a copy of the digitized uh, version of Road to Recovery from Parkinson's Disease, in addition to being able to listen to the daily meditations that I do, uh, which I think you'll find are uh, using an approach that you have never, ever heard before that we are discovering is making a huge difference in helping people get relief from their symptoms. There's still, as if that's not enough incentive to be able to uh, uh, encourage and motivate yourself to visit the member website. There's also a holiday independence weekend special of getting 50%, that's zero 0 percent off, of tuition for our Jump Start to Wellness program, which will be held October 18th through the 20th in San Diego, California. We begin Monday evening on October the 18th, and we run all day Tuesday and all day Wednesday. The Jumpstart uh, to Wellness programs are offered once a year and last year we were in uh, Olympia, Washington, which is where we're actually housed here. We're, we're home bases in Olympia, Washington. But uh, this year we decided we'd branch out and so we're going to San Diego, California to offer the live Jumpstart to Wellness program to individuals who are interested in identifying approaches that they can use to be able to get relief from your symptoms. So I want to make sure to be clear with everyone that our Jumpstart to Wellness programs are not about telling you what specific program you need to adopt. We don't have a program. We don't have a specific protocol. What we have are self-help tools that will enable you to check in with yourself and to know, yes, what it is that you personally and individually can do for yourself to be able to get relief from your own symptoms. It's very experiential. We are small in size. You'll find the people who are drawn to attend our Jumpstart Wellness programs are all on the road to recovery and have remarkable suggestions for everyone else about what you might consider doing. The programs are also offered for individuals who find themselves somewhat stuck. You might have tried some things, nothing seems to be working, and you get discouraged, it feels pretty hopeless and pretty helpless. You'll find that by going to jumpstart to wellness, you literally will do what it is that we advertise will happen. You get a jump start on your own personal recovery program. So we're interactive, we are experiential, we do not talk to people, we don't give PowerPoint presentations, we don't have vendors out in the hallway that are trying to hawk various products of one type or another. We are literally convening together individuals who are committed to their own recovery. It is, I might say, a transformative experience for myself as well as everyone else who attends. So I want to invite you to consider, uh, coming, making arrangements, uh, on the plane. We've got that at 50% discount here through July 5th so that anyone, particularly those of you that will be traveling from the East Coast or Canada or Europe will be able to uh, find that the experience will be more affordable. We have some individuals who have attended Jumpstart to Wellness who uh, I've taken uh, videos of and those are on the Parkinson's Recovery blog. And there are also links there that explain exactly what the Jumpstart to Wellness uh, program is all about. So you can get a lot more information by visiting the Parkinson's Recovery blog. And also, of course, you can get more information about Jumpstart to Wellness by visiting the actual page where that's described. All of that is accessible through our main website, which is parkinsonsrecovery.com. If you get discouraged and you have problems navigating around, I've got about 40 different websites that offer services and support to individuals who have the symptoms of Parkinson. so it's easy uh, to get lost in the maze. You can always give me a toll-free call. I'd be delighted to help you out. The number is 877 526 Four, six. Call me anytime, and I'm delighted to give you a jump start in being able to navigate where you need to go in order to be able to get the information that you're looking for. There's a lot of information out there on all of my websites, and it can be a bit overwhelming. So we've designed the Jump Start to Wellness Program to be a way for you to focus specifically on what's happened to be up for you and what you can personally do for yourself. To be able to get relief from your own uh, symptoms. So, Jumpstart to Wellness in San Diego, California, October the 18th through the 20th. Our last program, people came from across the United States and Canada. We expect the same experience will be the case for the program in October in San Diego, California. And I want to encourage everyone to consider signing up now while we're at this uh, 50% discount offer. And to do that, again, you'll just simply need to uh, get into the member website by visiting parkinsonsrecovery.org. Go to that uh, three-day free uh, window, and you'll see how you can actually register for Jumpstart to Wellness at 50% discount on the member uh, website. Please uh, consider uh, entering into the member website. Uh, uh, I, I think you'll be amazed at the wealth of information that you'll find and the framework, which is really uh, modeled after the framework that Dr. Lori Mishley is talking about in our interview today. And now let's uh, return to this remarkable discussion with Dr. Lori Mishley, who gives us some insights on what's going on with Parkinson's research. Many people have questions about the direction. That research is taken with regard to parkinson 's disease, researchers are obviously looking at all kinds of issues in all kinds of ways. Could you comment on what's happening out there with regard to research
1: sure i'd love to this is This is a area I'm very much active in and interested in and um i I am absolutely inspired by what is happening in research today. I'm inspired by the funding dollars that are available to do research um the the true, sincere enthusiasm um, of the researchers about getting closer and looking for ways to curb the onset of this disease, the progression of this disease. Um, as an alternative medicine provider, as a naturopathic doctor, you know, I, I've come into the to conventional research in Parkinson's disease from, quote, unquote, outside the box. And it has been, uh, my experience has been nothing but positive, the degree to which researchers have invited me to be a part of uh, research meetings and events. Everyone truly wants to hear what all of the players have to say. Everyone's open to new ideas. Um, At least here in Seattle, I've had a wonderful time um, building collaborative relationships with other Parkinson's disease researchers, whether they're geneticists or, or dementia, specializing in dementia or specializing in movement disorders or um, whether they're pathologists or or clinicians. I, I can't get over how welcoming uh, new ideas and creative thoughts have been for Parkinson's disease researchers. Um, I think that what's happening in the research world, um, not only is there a evolving spirit of collaboration and open-mindedness that was not around a decade ago, um, but People are starting to take a slightly different strategy to Parkinson's disease. I think that where we used to think of this as um, as minute little problems in the, in the neurons. Oh, look, here's the formation of Lewy bodies. Oh, look at the formation of free radicals. I think that everybody is getting a little bit wiser and stepping back and realizing that um, it's really... Easy in research to lose sight of the big picture, where you can't see the forest for the trees, and so people are all starting to take a step back and look at the brain and Parkinson's disease as a whole in a much more holistic manner. Um, people are talking; researchers around the world are starting to to get away from the minute details of, you know, proteins X, Y, and Z building up, gene A, B, or C being present and starting to look at drug or at um, gene environment interactions is an evolving field of research. Just because you're born with a certain gene certainly does not mean that you are going to develop Parkinson's. What we know is that if you have a certain gene, there are environmental triggers that can, can get put the disease in motion. And so more and more researchers are starting to appreciate that there is not going to be a single bullet. That solves this problem, and so the only way the only way that we're truly going to move forward is is for the people who study environmental medicine to be working hand in hand with the people who study genetics. And so, again, we're seeing greater collaborations, um, even on a national level. We're seeing a greater call for research that emphasizes what is um, truly a little bit more holistic. I mean, how do you improve the function of the brain? Um, at we know that, that people with Parkinson's disease will slowly start to lose cells in the substantia nigra. It, it's not just about what's killing them. I think there, there are two parts to this, um, and, and more and more researchers are being asked to consider what can, what can we do to make cells of our brain more resilient so that the insults that we all face, or especially people with Parkinson's face, their brains are not as susceptible to damage. And so it's really a change in, in research from the last couple decades to, to shift our focus, not from you know who's the bad guy, how do we stop it, but hey, how do we work together to, to change our understanding of this disease? How do we improve the function of the brain? How do we get mitochondria to function better so that they're producing more energy, improving cell survival, improving what, what are some of the things that we do in our lifestyles that confer neuroprotection be that melatonin at night when we sleep, or estrogen, or and so more people are putting their heads together in, in collaborative ways. Um, that I think that research in the next decade is going to to transcend anything we have seen over the last couple of generations.
0: That's exciting. What would you say to a person who has just been diagnosed with Parkinson's disease?
1: I would make sure that they understand the degree to which they have control over this disease and how this disease plays out. Um, I think I mentioned earlier that you know one of my pet peeves here is how quick, you know, when you open up a neurology textbook on Parkinson's disease, the opening sentence is usually something like Parkinson's disease is an irreversible progressive disease. And it we don't even know what this disease is we don't know what causes it there are people who have were diagnosed a decade ago who haven't progressed at all they have a mild mild tremor that doesn't interfere with their life and they've barely progressed or haven't progressed even without alternative therapies natural therapies and there are people who are are in a wheelchair three years after their diagnosis the diversity of this disease is not the luck of the draw i mean people have to realize that that they've been dealt a hand of cards it's completely up to them how they play them and there is so much control over how you play your hand of cards that um, the way you eat the way you sleep who you sleep with under what conditions the amount of stress in your life whether you choose to retire or Keep going. I mean, there is no one right set of decisions for everybody, but people have to realize that they have a tremendous amount of control over how this disease is going to play out.
0: Do you take new patients, Dr. Mishley?
1: Rarely, rarely. Um, Because I've been putting my energy into research lately, I'm not really taking new patients. Um, What will happen is approximately... I will take approximately two, two to three new patients a month. Only, only patients with Parkinson's disease. Um, but it, it, it's, it's kind of a luck of the draw in terms of when, when I'm able to do that with my schedule. What, I, what I'm trying to focus on is um, taking care of the patients I currently have to the best of my ability and, and putting my energy into research right now. Um, we have two excellent providers in this office. Um, Dr. Chris Holder and Marco Vespignani, who are also both naturopathic physicians who specialize in neurology, both of whom know Parkinson's exceptionally well. And what we do is um, they, they do take new patients. They're seeing people. And so what happens is every week we get together and we, we talk about everybody that we're seeing. And so what, what patients truly get is three brains Working on their case. Hey, is there something I'm not considering for Bob? Sally is asking about this, and so what we're all doing is, is pitching in to take care of our patients together with our weekly meetings. And so, um, I'm I'm not taking new patients, but but. There are a couple of practitioners at my clinic who are very much in line with the things that I'm talking about here today and are taking new patients.
0: That's an incredible approach to uh, being able to help people, I must say. Most people go to a physician, and that's it. They get to see them, and they leave, and uh, it's over. But in your case, it's an ongoing kind of a discussion uh, to be able to help the person really uh, get to a place where they're feeling a great deal better.
1: Thanks, thanks. We do what we can
0: what is your website do you have a website how do people get to it
1: we do it's seattleintegrativemedicine.com integrative integrative with a v um, is is the clinic website i have a personal website is lauriemichle.com which is more just um the reason to go to my personal website is simply to find out what my lecture schedule is or you know what are the studies that i'm working on that i might be recruiting for but the clinic website is where you're going to find out the most about um, Clinical care available to people with Parkinson's disease?
0: You better spell the Laurie Mishley <laughs> website address for people.
1: Okay, it's www.lauriemischley.com.
0: I want to ask you again people are uh, now thinking, I really need to buy this book. How do they buy? Natural Therapies for Parkinson's Disease?
1: Um, I would encourage them to go to Amazon.com, and um, you can either type in my last name, Mishley, or you can type in Natural Therapies for Parkinson's Disease. And either one will bring you directly to the book, um, which is also available um, on, uh, what's the, what's the, Kindle.
0: And if a person doesn't have a computer, but they want to order the book, is there a phone number to call or a way to get that uh, that doesn't rely on computer access?
1: Sure. Sure. Um, We can, you can call the clinic, it's 206-525-8012, and we can send you a copy.
0: What question have not I asked that I should have asked you, Dr. Mishley?
1: Hmm. That's a great question. Um, you know, I think the the question that gets asked most common here in clinic that we haven't addressed is how how to address the changing face of complementary medicine in America in 2010. Um, you know, we now know that over 50% of Americans. And over 60% of people with Parkinson's disease routinely already use some form of alternative therapy, natural therapy. Um, and, and what happens is there isn't a resource for, for many people, especially in some of the central states um, where, I, and again, as we talked about, naturopathic physicians are not licensed in every state. And so people are, are kind of left to rely on the, the insight from the health food store clerk for what to take and when and um, you have to be a pretty internet savvy um, you you need to be pretty internet savvy to find reliable information online it's there but you have to know how to filter out what is junk and what is worth following up on i think that people with parkinson's disease are often on a limited budget and you know these many most of these therapies are not covered by insurance many alternative medicine providers are not covered by Medicare, and so there's this very real problem about, um, about resources and not having resources for good information, not having resources for, um, to filter through what is and is not worth following up on, not having somebody to, to advise on what do I need to tell my doctor, what if my doctor is not supportive, my, my conventional doctor is not supportive um, of alternative medicine. And so these are, I, I just wanted to acknowledge that, that people often feel um, intimidated by their their conventional doctors. They're nervous about how to bring this topic up. And um, I, I think that I just wanted to let people know that I have been witness to, to a changing face of alternative medicine use here in Seattle in the last decade. And um, a decade ago, I do think that many if not most neurologists would roll their eyes at complementary and alternative medicine use for Parkinson's disease a little bit and what has happened is year by year um, that has really changed so much so that you know I, I am now routinely getting emails and phone calls from other docs saying hey can you show me how to prescribe this I have a patient who's interested in this what do you think and, and I'm, I'm prescribing more conventional therapies conventional practitioners are prescribing more alternative therapies we're going to the same meetings we're getting together and sharing ideas more often and i think that um people just need to understand that that money does not need to stand in your way of using some of these therapies i mean when you grocery shop you are deciding how to treat your parkinson's disease so you don't have to be rich to use alternative therapies um you don't have to be a a um eccentric to use alternative medicine what's happening is is this slow, steady shift towards collaborative approach to the disease that has really been a a pleasure to be a part of and to witness and so letting people know that it is not either or you don't need to pick sides you don't have to decide you know i'm i'm going the conventional route or the alternative route it's not like that anymore and what we're really trying to figure out is how to make the best of of your situation and the best of what all different practitioners have to offer. How does the patient choose what's best for them?
0: You have offered so many incredible ideas about what individuals can do to get relief from their symptoms. What is the one thing from this discussion, from this interview, you would most like people to remember?
1: I think the least expensive and perhaps one of the most effective things people can do is the dietary change. Stop eating unnecessary carbohydrates. Don't if you're not hungry, don't eat. Um, You know, if you're overweight, if you have extra belly fat, change that. Um, You limit dairy consumption and limit the consumption of unnecessary carbohydrates. And again, more detail is provided on how to do that and what that means in the book. It's very succinct and it's really easy to do. It doesn't need to be drastic. But if you're, you know, you, it's after dinner, you're not really hungry, you're looking for a little snack, um, instead of opening a bag of chips or pretzels, go grab an apple. Go grab some nuts. Go, You know, there are so many things that have nutrients, and are healthy that you can snack on than, than things that all take up space in your stomach and provide no nutrition. And those little teeny changes that, that, decision, that are ultimately coming down to decisions you make three and four and seven times a day are, are the ones that are going to make or break how this disease progresses.
0: The one thing from this interview that I want people to remember is if you really want to get relief from your symptoms, buy Dr. Laurie Mishley's book, Natural Therapies for Parkinson's Disease. It's full of incredible ideas, suggestions for what you can do as a function of what's going on in your body. You can get it at Amazon. It's a groundbreaking work and I want everyone who's really serious about this to go out and get a copy today. Dr. Mesley, thank you so much for being with us and for giving us such incredible insights about what individuals with the symptoms of Parkinson's can do to get relief from their symptoms.
1: Oh, it's my pleasure. Thank you again very much for the invitation to participate.
0: I'm Robert Rogers, and this is Parkinson's Recovery. So what can you do to gain independence from the symptoms of Parkinson's during this independence holiday weekend? The first suggestion I've got for you, the first action that you can take that will make a difference is to purchase Dr. Lori Mishley's book. You can take that action now. If you're at your computer, in the description of the show, there's highlighted in blue her title of her book, Natural Therapies for Parkinson's Disease. If you click on that, that will take you directly to the Amazon page, and you can purchase her book there. The second invitation I have for you of action that you can take to get relief from the symptoms of Parkinson's on this Independence Holiday Weekend is to to basically sign up and visit the Parkinson's Recovery Member website. It's free for three days. It's the special Independence Day holiday offer. There's a ton of information on the website that you can download for later review. And then, of course, you can cancel before the three days are out and not have to pay a cent. There's also my book, Road to Recovery from Parkinson's, that's in, in digitized form or as a download to your computer. That's on the member website, so you can get access to that. The third step that you can take, and you can do that now, is to be able to, to sign up for the Jump Start To Wellness Program, that's a live, interactive, in-person, in-the-flesh program that will be offered in San Diego, California, beginning Monday evening, October the 18th, Tuesday all day, and Wednesday all day, the 20th of October. We have uh, contracted with an absolutely wonderful man, Truckee Robertson, who provides all of the travel arrangements for individuals who are joining us at Jumpstart. Truckee is amazing in that he makes the experience stress free so if you're hesitant to travel because of the challenges of travel i want you to know that Truckee is an amazing man and the level of his personalized service is really undescribable he's an amazing individual and he's also an incredible travel agent so that you'll be able to call him he can he can give you all the help that you need in getting the the best fare the best flight arrangements to san diego from wherever you live so that uh, you don't have a stress-filled experience getting there. The whole point of Jumpstart to Wellness is to cut the stress and to be able to find yourself in an environment where you can get the support from other individuals who are on the road to recovery. Again, you'll find additional information about the Jumpstart to Wellness program if you'll visit the Parkinson's Recovery blog, which uh, is uh, accessible by going to our main website, and that's parkinsonsrecovery.com, and you'll see the blog link is right there on the page, as well as a link to Jumpstart to Wellness. You can sign up uh, for a 50% discount. That's, again, 50 half off of the tuition, which is already incredibly low, by simply going Into the member website, and you'll be able to access how you can actually get the fifty percent off of uh, the tuition required for JumpStart to Wellness. We have no sponsors for JumpStart to Wellness. We don't contract with large companies or corporations to be our sponsors because we basically want to be neutral. We want to be able to provide you with uh, support that you need to be able to recover. So we're not advocating uh, therapies or drugs or. Programs were basically there to provide support to you and to give you all of the self-help skills and tools and support that you need to be able to focus your program of recovery. People are doing it. The people who came to the Jumpstart to Wellness program in 2009 are doing, I might say, and I'm, I'm I'm very proud to say, remarkably well. The degree of recovery of individuals has been quite amazing. So uh, join the community of individuals on the road to recovery by not only uh, entering into the member website, if only for a day or two or three, but also in signing up to join us at Jump Start to Recovery. We'll be a small group. We limit it to only uh, 25 individuals who had the symptoms of Parkinson's. So you're not going to walk into uh, a room with 400 uh, chairs uh, uh, on tables uh, where you're going to have buffet meals that are really not good for you to eat. Uh, we, we basically uh, are experiential, and you'll have an opportunity to be able to explore what it is that you can do for yourself next to be able to find ways to get sustained relief from the symptoms of Parkinson's. The idea is to be able to join with others on this incredible journey to health and wellness and balance. So this is Robert Rogers. This is Parkinson's Recovery. You can call me anytime, and that toll-free number is 877-526-4646. Many people are probably wondering, well... Uh, I don't have Parkinson's, but uh, I'm considering whether or not I'd like to come with someone who does, my husband, my wife, my friend, my neighbor, et cetera, et cetera. I wonder if the program will really be of any value to me. And I'm here to tell you the answer is yes. We basically design a program that is as meaningful and helpful to the individuals who are connected with individuals with Parkinson's as well as for the individuals who actually have the symptoms of Parkinson's. It's quite an experience for me to actually offer this program. I look forward to it all year long. I hope to be able to see you in San Diego on October the 18th. If you have any questions at all, again, the toll-free number is 877-526-4646. And let me remind you again, you can sign up for the 50% tuition break by literally entering into that member website, Uh, and you can do that uh, by visiting the following website, parkinsonsrecovery.org. The main website is parkinsonsrecovery.com, but the website that explains the member program is parkinsonsrecovery.org. You basically can get in there and sign up for Jumpstart at that 50% uh, uh, break uh, as long as you do it uh, by the end of the holiday weekend. So declare some independence and join myself and others who will be celebrating our independence on uh, October the 18th through the 20th in San Diego, California. And again, I want to remind you, uh, another uh, smart action will be to purchase Lori Mishley's book, Natural Therapies for Parkinson's, uh, which you can acquire on Amazon. And that's what's happening on the shores of the Puget Sound, where all the women are smart, All the men are handsome and all the children are truly loved. Know that you are on the road to recovery. Good day.